Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Krops. Hey, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you today, as it is every day. Hey, imagine if there was a World Economic Forum where a guy by the name of Yuval Noah Harari imagines a world where algorithms determine if teens are homosexual without even knowing it. Oh, my goodness. You know, last night, if if any of you saw Laura Ingram's show, she played some of these clips to what is being proposed to be taught to first and second graders across America about transgenderism, about questioning their sexuality and their parts. Folks, this got to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is if enough people come together and say, we've had enough. And they start electing other people, people who will stand for their traditional family values and for what, frankly, human beings know to be right for their children, and standing up for parental rights. This is utterly, absolutely insane what's going on. We are are truly we are truly at a turning point in America. There's no question about it. We better get at it. We better get at standing up everything you could possibly imagine that is against what we believe as conservatives as people of faith all right um There's a lot going on here, folks, including and the reason I'm, I'm just hesitating because there's there's stuff coming in and I want to make sure that I catch it if it's relevant. You know, when you do live talk radio, uh, you're live and things happen. Um, there are a couple of things going on here. Merkley and Wyden are two U.S. senators, two leftist U.S. senators, are touting the wonderfulness of bringing home all the pork, all the bacon, 149 home state projects between the two of them. There's also a story here. Oh, boy. 
There is a story here about Phil Knight's money. Phil Knight's money to Betsy Johnson. Says the best chance for Republicans is not a Republican. This is a story from Gary Warner of the Oregon Capitol Bureau. Now, it's interesting that Betsy Johnson has been able, yeah, Phil's given her a million dollars, but folks, here's the thing. Betsy Johnson, at least according to the polling I have been told about, I have not seen the actual poll, but it comes from fairly reliable sources. And if it is correct, it will be borne out in other polls. The Betsy Johnson takes two Democrat votes for every one Republican vote she gets. Now, the reality is this. I don't buy that line, and I'm going to tell you why. There's a million Democrats registered in Oregon. I don't think that many of them are conservative enough to literally choose to vote over a Democrat. Like Tina Kotek, who's the expected uh, nominee, she may not be him, and I I don't know, but it will say a lot if she in fact does not get the Democrat nomination to be governor. And I will tell you why it will say a lot. It will say a lot in that what this means is that her incredibly liberal agenda that she pushed forward just is not. Um, grabbing a hold, even in the Democrat Party. That tells me then that maybe Betsy Johnson does have a shot at pulling two votes away from every, or from the Democrats for every vote she pulls away from a Republican. And there are plenty of Republicans who will vote for her, depending on who the Republican nominee is. Now, set all of that aside. I go back to the polling I'm referencing. We talked about this previously. The polling shows that if she pulls 17% of the vote, Betsy Johnson, it evens up the Republican and the Democrat. Now, this is specifically Stan Pulliam. Stan's out there telling people this is a poll they did. Now, again, polling is subject to the whims of the people. It is subject to the changing times Don't think for one minute that inflation is going away because it isn't. Republicans have to blame that squarely on the Democrats. They have to help them connect the dots. That's what a state employee who shall never be named wrote in a late email to the show yesterday. And he's right. But that means that Betsy Johnson 
if she gets 17 percent of the vote, basically is a 39 to 39 tie between Tina Kotek and Stan Pulliam. Now, I would expect that depending on, again, the campaign and the issues that the Republican candidate runs versus Tina Kotek, laying the right things at her feet that will move the independent voters and, frankly, move some Democrats to vote for Republicans, that those numbers become stronger for the Republican. Now, Jeff Kubler of the Oregon Faith and Freedom Foundation is a friend of mine, and he wrote a um, an interesting email. And this is based on a Willamette Week article. And it notes how in the last few, the three governor's races, the Republican nominee got 43% of the vote. Dennis Richardson, 44, Bud Pierce, 43.5, and Newt Bueller, 43.7. The numbers, so, so here's the thing. Bueller spent almost $20 million to get lower numbers than Dennis Richardson did, who only spent $2 million. The numbers suggest, according to the Willamette Week article, that there's a hard floor of 40%. Ellen Rosenblum, our Oregon Attorney General, a leftist if there ever was one. In her last race in 2020, her Republican opponent spent less than $12,000 and still got more than 40% of the vote, less than 12,000. John Horvick of DHM Research, which is a Portland-based polling company, made this observation. The average margin of victories for statewide races has only been five percentage points. There's a possibility for a Republican to win. So Kubler continues to write here. So despite just spending $2 million or spending $19 million, we get the same results. Why? Because we have the same pool of voters we appeal to. Just 25% of the state that is, a, is registered as a Republican voter. One in five Oregonians are not registered to vote. 40% of the population is registered as unaffiliated. They are now the largest group, by the way. And many people of the conservative base are not voting. Some say as many as the, now I haven't seen data to back this up, but he's asserting this. He's postulating this. Some say as many as 40% of the evangelical and pro-life Catholics are not voting. Why are some people not registered? Why are people registering unaffiliated thus becoming enigmas to the parties, they don't end up getting any voter information and less likely to vote. Why are conservative-based voters sometimes not voting? These are questions that have to be answered. And they can only be answered right now anyway, not by the party, sadly, which is not answering the question but rather by the individual candidates themselves. Now, next week, we're going to have uh, Darren Harbick on, who is 
one of the five Republicans running, along with Joe Ray Perkins, longtime friend of mine, the candidate last time around against Jeff Merkley, Sam Palmer, uh, Ibra Thayer, and Jason Beebe. Ibra and Jason, I do not know. Uh, I, I know Sam, have yet to have him on the show, and I will try to do that. We're happy to have all of these candidates on the show. But the point is just this, friends. If we want to increase that hard floor number of 40%, even with a Betsy Johnson in the race, how do we do that? This is where you come in. This is the critical thing. You have to help the persuadable voter connect those dots that the things they don't like happening in Oregon today, in America today, in the world today, largely Democrat Party faults because it's their policies, their laws and their rules they put in place that you don't like. A state employee who shall never be named wrote this email to me. And by the way, 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. Emails to jeff at 1220.am or jeff at kslm.news. He said, it's so sad to see how President Biden was ignored and avoided when Barack Hussein Obama visited the White House. However, I'm a little confused. How is it possible that Biden, who got 8 million more votes than President Obama, was treated this way? How can O'Biden, the most popular president ever, be ignored, shunned, and avoided during Obama's visit to the White House? Boy, Obama looked like a rock star, was treated like a rock star. It almost seems like Obama is the one who's actually the president. Well, whose advisors do you think are advising O'Biden? Back in a moment at 620. Call Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Twenty-two minutes past the top of the hour. It's an honor to have each and every one of you join me this day for Political Coffee. That's the name of the show. And its purpose, its purpose is to help give you ammunition that you can use to have persuasive conversations to persuade those persuadable people in your world to maybe start voting for conservative candidates and conservative ideas. You are the greatest persuader you will ever know. At the bottom of the hour, by the way, we're going to talk to Jason Dudash of the Oregon uh, Freedom Foundation. And, um, you know, they have been powerfully effective, I think, at diminishing the amount of money available to the leftist candidates running for office. Why? Because they're helping so many public employees Get out of the union, because under the Supreme Court ruling, you can do that. By the way, speaking of ammunition, Oregon Firearms Federation, thank you, Tim, for sending me uh, their latest email. 
about, well, those people, candidates for office, governor candidates, House and the Senate, that are running for office, and are they returning their questionnaire? And what's interesting is that the Oregon Firearms Federation doesn't compromise. And sometimes the NRA does, and that's too bad. Love the NRA, and I'm glad they've been out there all of these years, but they do compromise. They gave Harry Reid a lot of money and a lot of endorsements year after year after year. Harry Reid, folks, of all people. Anyway, Oregon Firearms Federation doesn't compromise. They don't recommend Christine Drazen. And you can read all of this. I, I'll have it up on the, the show plan. Uh, they liked Bud Pierce. He responded questionably. Questionably. He responded not questionably. He responded appropriately to their questionnaire. They have a hard time believing him because he did take some anti-gun positions in his last run for governor. Jessica Gomez, she reached out to Oregon Firearms Federation, shared their views. But she wouldn't take a public stand on Second Amendment issues, not on her website. And she chose not to answer the survey. So they just say they cannot recommend. They're not against her. They do have Bob Tiernan. Uh, Bob's longtime been a pro-gun advocate. He did return the off survey. They have an update as of uh, two days ago, Stan Pulliam. Um, Mark Thielman, Bridget Barton, Kerry McQuiston. They're all. Um, they like her. They like them all. Stan Pulliam, Mark Thielman, Bridget Barton, Kerry McQuiston. They're not making a recommendation uh, either way. Oregon Firearms Federation. Also, did you know that there is a rental relief program, the emergency rental program that's been in place here in Oregon during COVID, right? More than 48,000 households have received over $319 million in rental relief. Now, this program stopped accepting applications on March 21st. They are still accepting and processing applications. Now, you would think that if the program, now maybe we need some clarification here. This is a Northwest Observer story. Did these applications come in before the March 21st deadline? We'll see if anybody bothers to actually check it out. The Associated Press is having a um, uh, chortle, chortle, chortle story about former Trump advisors Scavino Navarro are held in contempt of Congress in the January 6th probe because they will not show up and testify. By the way, did you see the president's daughter spent six 
hours testifying. And then there's a story about, this is in the Oregonian, a Republican gubernatorial candidate, Stan Pulliam, attacks Oregon schools, specifically Salem-Kaiser, for its policies supporting transgender students. No, folks, it's not supporting. It is promoting transgenderism. I think he's smart to stand up against it. And of course, if you're being attacked by the mainstream media, <laughs> you know you're doing the right thing, wouldn't you say? 503-589-1220 is the Power Buick GMC talk line. 503-589-1220. Emails to jeff at 1220.am. By the way, again, at the bottom of the hour here, we will have uh, our interview with Jason Dudash which if you are a state employee or any government employee and you want to leave your union, you need to listen. Rebecca Donaldson, by the way, is a very good real estate broker. She's so good that she won the best of the Willamette Valley. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, why don't you give her a call? 503-269-0747, 269-0747, or visit her on her website, rebeccasgothouses.com. Back in a moment at 630. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back, friends, 24 minutes before the top of the hour. It's uh, fantastic to have you listening to us, especially those of you who are government workers teased you with this before we went to the break. Joining us right now is Jason Dudash. He's the executive director of the Freedom Foundation for Oregon. Jason, good morning to you. Good morning, Jeff. Great to be with you. So, Freedom, by the way, you want to check out their website. It's freedomfoundation.com. Freedomfoundation.com. And the reason that it is important that government employees get a chance to hear you talk today is because you guys have been very successful at helping them get out of their unions, even though the unions have, and the Oregon legislature have made this really, really hard to do. So why don't you share with our audience, especially those government workers that are really trying to figure out how do I get out of the union, how you can help them get out of their union. Yeah, Jeff. Well, we were going to talk about for a second why so many people are leaving uh, the unions. You know, there was some breaking news out of Washington, D.C. last week, um, which is typically never a good thing for us. Um, you know that it's been previously reported. Uh, your audience knows that the CDC previously shared its guidance ahead of time with the nation's two largest teachers unions. 
Uh, now, this week, uh, the House Select Subcommittee reported that not only did the CDC share its guidance with the teachers unions early, um, but they were allowed to make line-by-line edits in that guidance, Jeff. Edits that, according to the committee, were designed to make it more likely that schools would close to in-person learning and keeping millions of students locked out of the classroom. And Jeff, that's just one reason, one more reason that not so many uh, government employees, including teachers, are now leaving their membership behind because they're realizing that the policies that these fat cat government unions are advocating for do not represent their interests. And in this case, actually harm them and the students that they love to teach. And so that's what the Freedom Foundation does. We run a nationwide campaign to inform all public employees of not only their rights regarding union membership. Thankfully, the Supreme Court in 2018 gave right to work protections to all government workers across the country because they recognize that government unions in and of themselves are a political entity. But we educate uh, government workers exactly what these unions are doing with their dues. Um, And so many of them, it's it's that part that they are absolutely not happy with. All right. So you that's the mission of the Freedom Foundation. Folks, again, check out their website, freedomfoundation.com. You can you can look at what they're doing state by state. Uh, They've got some great some real live stories here. But they truly can help you if you want to get out of your union. Get out of the union. Now, how many people have the Freedom Found? And you're in several states now. How many people have you helped get out of the union? And how much has that cost the unions so far? Yeah, so uh, earlier this year, we announced that we crossed uh, crossed the 100,000 marker, helping over 100,000 public employees leave government unions across the country. Right now, that number is at about 112. Um, And this has cost government unions uh, roughly $142 million. Um, And that's money, Jeff, that not only is staying back in the pockets of the hardworking government workers who earned it. Uh, What a novel thought these days, right? Uh, but money that is ultimately tax dollars that is now being kept out of our political systems, which I think is a really, really good thing. Well, we all, we know that 99% of all money from government employee unions goes to Democrats specifically. Yes. So what we're doing then is leveling the playing field because the Democrats use this automatic union dues issue as their ATM machine. It's how they get money every month. And what you've done is you've taken away almost $200 million from the unions so far. Now, now let's talk specifically Oregon. What have you been able to achieve in Oregon? Yeah, so Oregon has actually seen the largest decline in government union membership of any other non-right-to-work state in the country. Uh, You know, part of that is because we're a pretty small state. (laughs) You know, roughly I have an audience of about 192,000 public employees that we message to here. Uh, Just north of us in Washington state, the audience is a little more than double that. 
And then if we go down to California, they have 1.3 million, right? So, so that's a, a much different ball game down there. Uh, so our state's largest union, SEIU 503, they represent over 72,000 public employees across the state. Um, we've been able to help over 38% of that union leave. Um, the OSCA, who's our school's classified employee union, uh, they represent all your bus drivers, cafeteria workers, uh, classified employees within the schools. Um, we've helped over 40% of that union leave. Um, and this is ultimately what we're talking about here, Jeff, is capitalism, right? You know, the, the unions for so long have had a monopoly um, before Janice. They didn't have to provide a service. They didn't have to convince you um, of the benefits of signing up. It was automatic. If you were going to work for the state of Oregon, you were going to be represented by SEIU whether you liked it or not. Um, that is no longer the case. Um, and I think that they got way too comfortable in that setup beforehand um, that now that people actually have a choice about these things um, and a choice of what to do with their own money um, how to, and how to advocate for themselves in the workplace, uh, these unions are having a hard time measuring up and convincing their membership it's worth it. All right. So the unions, uh, and by the way, we're talking with Jason Dudash. He is the executive director of the Oregon Freedom Foundation. Uh, they're in many different states. Uh, again, go to their website, freedomfoundation.com, and you can learn a lot more, especially if you want to get out of your union. Now, unions, Jason, don't take this lying down. Uh, <laughs> they know you're you're hurting them in your efforts to reach out. Uh, in, and this is just one of the ways you guys do a lot of other things to reach out to union members. How are they pushing back? What are they doing specifically to make it harder? How are they adjusting their tactics to what you've been successful at? Oh, Jeff, uh, there's nothing that's not on the table for them. Um, you know, everything from slanderous personal attacks uh, to me and our other executive staff uh, to libelous, what I would argue are libelous statements uh, to the news media, who seem to have no question, uh, no questions anytime it, it comes to uh, anything and just taking what they say at face value, um, to changing how they operate entirely. You know, it was no surprise to anybody uh, in 2018 when when Janice came down that the way the way that it did, right? So one of the most nefarious schemes, in my opinion. Um, that the unions did to kind of circumvent the perceived damage from that Supreme Court decision is ahead of time they changed the language in their membership cards uh, to include nefarious fine print that essentially says, you know, Jeff, you can opt out of the union whenever you'd like, but we're going to continue taking dues from you for, for up to a year afterwards uh, until an arbitrarily drawn, literally week-long window throughout the entire year uh, that you can formally request to have your dues stopped, right? So we just had a Supreme Court decision say that uh, this, your your physical union dues, as well as your personal decision about what union membership is in fact a direct extension of your First Amendment rights. And now you have these unions coming in and saying, whoa, 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 <laughs> you only have access to those First Amendment rights one week out of the entire year. Um, we think that that is entirely ludicrous and entirely not within the bounds of the Supreme Court decision. Uh, and that's just the subject of one of our many uh, 85, actually, lawsuits um, that we're in against big government unions over things just like this. So you're suing against that practice that they are engaging in right now? Yes. Okay. So 
you're in a lot of different lawsuits. Um, are you going to be able to, I mean, in a lot of these are in the ninth circuit court, uh, mm-hmm. where, where they would be appealed potentially and have to work their way to the U S Supreme court. Not all of them are going to be successful because the Supreme court just takes a small number of, ta- mm-hmm. of cases. So where do you think this is going to lead ultimately in the end of things? Well, obviously, we think we're on the right side of it, <laughs> right? You know, well, unions course, have been sure. uh, declining in in popularity and necessity. Um, you know, so many of these things, uh, it's like they, they're representing you from the imaginary dragon, right? Some some figment monster that will come out and get you if, if you don't have them at your back. And more and more employees are just figuring out that that's not the case. Um, but as far as the legal stuff go, you know, you mentioned the Ninth Circuit is the most liberal court in the country. It's also the most overturned court in the country. Um, but that's one of the things that's so exciting about our expansion, Jeff, is now, um, you know, we can bring these cases in the Eastern courts, um, where, where we're, we now have offices and, uh, likely get friendly decisions there. And if you are creating split court decisions on the same issue, then that just makes it all the more likely the Supreme Court will take it up. Um, And right now, I really like our chances in front of this Supreme Court. All right. Very quickly, how can people contact you to help you get them out of their union here in Oregon? Freedomfoundation.com. Freedomfoundation.com. Jason, thank you so much. Keep up the great work in standing up for workers' rights. Thanks, Jeff. Always a pleasure. It's 648. Back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. It is 10 minutes till the top of the hour. Um, Let's go to the phones. Uh, 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Let's go to Ron. Ron, thanks for hanging on. I appreciate you... um, Doing that through the interview. Thanks. Hey, Ron, are you there? Still, I can't hear Ron. Um, all right. I'm here. I'm here. There we are. There we are. Okay. That thing is this. Uh, uh, the seven cousin thing is a mess. And I looked at that, my brother. It's insulting undermining, changing, using synergy type of backdoor programming that only they can have. That is unconstitutionally undermining. And as far as I care, maybe it's time for some Marco Nudow type of lawyers to go after this social engineering of our children, undermine our parents and these school boards, starting with Salem Kaiser. It's very dishonorable, deceptive, and I have no use for it. And the last thing, the last thing is, I'm tired of the one of the candidates is using photo ops and saying they've been endorsed. That is not professional. 
And I want to thank the city of Kaiser, Pastor Lou, for having such a great event at the uh, Week Awakening Experience with uh, Clay Clark. I was there. It was very refreshing, spiritually effused. And it says one thing that we ain't doing in the state, in our county parties or anything else, is get off our duff, reach out to the people, and don't waver to fear. That's one thing we got to get out of our comfort zones. And Pastor Lewis is probably one of the best profound ones besides uh, Pastor Pulaski. Thank God he's out out of that jail. He is out of jail. You know, it was, uh, so let me ask you, based on your time there at the, the weekend event, the Reawaken America tour event over the weekend, and our thanks to the owners of to Jerry and his, um, Jerry for making the stadium available for this event. Because members of his own family fought him hard on it. He told the story. Thank you for that. Now, and thanks to say our Kaiser, rather, PD, for keeping the Antifa idiots away and not letting them uh, disturb the event. Ron, do you think this has lasting power, the event? If the person, uh, since the Lord gives us free will and choice, it can be lasting. But I will say it's been very revealing. Uh, just look at various candidates, whether it's the Oompa Loompa from from Umatilla, or Mommy's Dearest. I don't got to mention who they, those people are. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, the thing is, the Lord will expose those that claim that they're the light, but yet they're walking in the darkness of the pits of hell. And those that said they stand for the party, but yet still going about saying, and dividing and nodding nationalist state party in other ways that I can't stand. Let's pray Thank that you, the people will take this foot. And God bless you, my brother. I, I, I appreciate it so much, friends. Uh, and that's Ronnie's opinion. What's yours? You got a couple of minutes left. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. Emails to Jeff at 1220.am or Jeff at KSLM.news. Rich. Writes an email, says it seems the things are not going well for Obama's third term. It seems that working via remote control has not worked well. He now has to go to the White House to work with his robots, Biden and Harris. Seem to have some interface errors with their remote control software, laugh out loud. If he takes in a briefcase, I wonder how much money he takes out of the White House. Maybe he is not sure of his robot Biden splitting the money properly. Bud Pierce and Deal, he writes, will be good puppets for the GOP and the left. Pfeiffer Roofing can make your life better, folks. We got some serious rain coming and maybe even some snow. No kidding. Temperatures are going to plunge here. Not today. Today's going to be very warm. You know what? If you're worried about your roof leaking, you should call Pfeiffer Roofing. They can come out, give you a free estimate immediately about what it would take to get it fixed. Repairing your roof, cleaning your roof, your gutter systems, roof replacement, roof max, all the great services they offer. Check them out on the web, PfeifferRoofing.com, P-F-E-I-F-E-R, roofing.com.
com. 503-647-4725. Since it's also going to be awfully warm today, let me also remind you, this if today is makes you uncomfortable in your home because your air conditioning system isn't working, call Freedom Heating and Air. They'll get out to you right away and they'll get it fixed. That's what they do best. Freedom Heating and Air right here in the Mid-Valley area, 503-580-1456. They have a reputation for beating the other guys out there. When you call, they answer and they come out and they fix your problem. Because you know what? A hot summer's coming. So get it fixed today. 503-580-1456 or visit their website, Freedom Heating and Air. Dot net freedom heating and air dot net um, look friends there's another story here about Oregon to require this is an epoch times story Oregon to require ethnic studies for students in K through 12 ethnic studies first state to do this this is from that 2017 law that directed the Oregon Department of Education to develop standards to improve cultural competency and promote critical thinking with regards to histories, contributions, and perspectives of ethnic and social minority groups. This, folks, is how they are going to push critical race theory training and transgenderism through our schools. This is an example of a law that gets passed that sounds good that Republicans vote for and how it is given the bureaucrats the bureaucrats then take it over and write the rules and demand how it's going to be implemented this is why what Ronnie was talking about school board elections what Stan Pulliam getting attacked for in the Oregonian because he stood up against Salem Kaiser's indoctrination support for transgenderism in their curriculum. This is what we got to stand up and fight against. This is why you need to be praying that candidates will have the courage to step forward and will work with those who are parents and others, grandparents, who know this is wrong. It's discriminatory. It's racist. It will not bring us together. It will divide us further. You know it, and I know it. Eric Azer, by the way, is a great local contractor that you can trust to take care of you. Visit his website, RighteousRenovations.com. You'll be glad you did. Go with trust and faith in Eric Azer and RighteousRenovations.com. Check out their website. Friends, thanks for joining us today. We'll be back tomorrow. And I hope you will be too, because tomorrow's Freedom Friday. You get to call and talk about whatever you want to talk about politically tomorrow. See you then. Yeah.